His nine-room co-op on a high floor cost him a shade under four and three-quarters when he bought it shortly after 9-11. A steal. The markets were nervous, the sellers were nervous, even though this was a gem. A white-glove building, a pre-war with twelve-foot ceilings, eat-in kitchen, and a working fireplace. On park. He liked to buy in at the bottom of a market, any market. This way, he got more space than a childless couple needed. But it was a trophy that got wows from his family, which always made him feel pretty damn good. Besides, it was worth well over seven five now, even in a fire sale. So all in all, a great deal for Swish, he reminded himself frequently. The mailbox was empty. He called back over his shoulder, Hey, Pete, did my wife come in already? About ten minutes ago. That was the surprise. Her briefcase was on the hall table, sitting in a pile of mail. He closed the door noiselessly and tried to tiptoe, maybe sneak up behind her, cup her breasts in his hands, and press up against her rump. His idea of fun. The Italian marble blew his plan when even his supple dress loafers tapped and echoed enough to betray him. David, that you? Yeah, you're home early, he called. How come? From the kitchen. My deposition got pushed. The dog heard his voice and ran at full throttle from a guest bedroom at the far end of the apartment, its little paws skidding on the marble, sending the poodle crashing into the wall like a hockey player. Bloomberg, David shouted. How's my little baby? He put his case down and picked up the white fluff ball who licked at his face with its pink piston tongue while furiously wagging its bobbed tail. Don't be on daddy's tie. <laughs> Don't you do that. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> Honey, was Bloomy walked? Pete said Ricardo walked him at four. He put the dog down and went for the mail, sorting it into piles in his obsessive kind of way. Bills, statements, junk, personal, his catalogs, her catalogs, magazines, postcard? A plain white postcard with his name and address printed in black type. He flipped it over. There was a typed date, May 22, 2009. And next to it, an image that instantly disturbed him. The unmistakable outline of a coffin, about an inch tall, hand-drawn in ink. Helen! Did you see this? His wife came into the hall, high heels clipping on the stone, perfectly turned out in a pale turquoise Armani suit with a double strand of cultured pearls resting just above a hint of cleavage, her matching pearl earrings playing peekaboo under salon-styled hair. A handsome-looking woman, anyone would agree. See what? she asked. This. She looked it over. Who sent it? There's no return address, he said. It's postmarked Las Vegas. Who do you know in Vegas? Christ, I don't know. I've done business there. I can't think of anyone offhand. Maybe it's a promotion for something like a teaser ad, she suggested, handing it back to him. Tomorrow there'll be something else in the mail that'll explain it. He bought it. She was smart and usually figured things out. 
but still. It's in bad taste. Fucking coffin, I mean, please. Don't let it put you in a mood. We're both home at a civilized time. How great is that? Want to go to Tootie's? He put the postcard onto the junk stack and grabbed her ass. Before or after we fool around, he asked, hoping the answer was after. The postcard bugged David on and off all evening, though he didn't bring it up again. He thought about it while they waited for dessert. He thought about it when they got home right after he came inside her. He thought about it when he took Bloomy for a quick pee outside the building before they turned in for the night. And it was the last thing he thought about before he fell asleep as Helen read beside him, the bluish glow of her clip-on book light faintly illuminating the black edges of the master bedroom. Coffins bothered the hell out of him.